the road to recovery. You might be cruising down it. A friend or family member lost on it. Or the road is, well, still under construction. Relevant Recovery Radio is about getting to that destination of normal health, mind, or strength. Now, Relevant Recovery Radio, here to give you the keys, Larry Weedy Kind. Welcome, folks. Uh, good to be back with you again. Uh, this is Larry Wittekind, your host, representing Matthews Hope Foundation and the Matthews Hope Detox and Recovery Program at St. Joseph Medical Center. With us today, I'm just uh, really proud to say that we've got Robert Martinez back with us again today. Robert is the CEO, founder of uh, Gift Gift of, Re- Gift of Recovery, and uh, he is also a an interventionist. You may remember uh, the show that he was on uh, very recently, where he talked about his intervention techniques and uh, uh, what families can do to um, to hire him and his team, um, Robert. Say hello to the folks and uh, and uh, give us just a short intro of your background. Hello, very much, and thank you for having me back. Oh, with Matthew, good to Hope. have you. Appreciate being here. Thank you all. And I, I've been doing interventions for over thirty years, mm. and I love doing them, and I love working with you people. And Annette, Annette Martinez is with us. Annette is not a relative. She no, uh, we are not. Just happened to have the same name. Right. But Martinez is a pretty common name. Yes, right? yes, at least in the, in the South. In the South, um, right, right. Robert and I have worked. I'm the clinical director of Matthews Hope Detox and Recovery mm-hmm. Program. And Robert and I have worked together probably for the last 25 years, off and on. That long. In different yeah. locations. So you guys were playing together when you were 10? Is that I, us? I was right. two. <laughs> two, you were two. <laughs> Robert was 10. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so we've traveled different paths, but we've stayed in contact. And um, I think the world of what he does for individuals and families, mm. and he's helped a lot of people. And, and I think we're admitting uh, a client of Robert's today, are we not? At, at Matthew's Hope Detox and Recovery Program. Yeah, yeah. And we obviously cannot talk about that. But uh, but, but Robert, uh, thank you for your trust You're in, in our welcome. program. You're more than welcome. Robert was mentioning earlier before the program started that um, there may be a little bit of confusion out there about the Matthews Hope Detox and Recovery Program at St. Joseph. And I, and I thought, well, I'm, I should probably clarify who we are and what we do. Uh, we are a detox program. That is a minimum of 10 days. Most detox programs are only three to five days. And the reason for that is insurance companies, including Medicare and Medicaid, typically only pay three to five days. There are a few insurance companies that will pay for seven days when it's, uh, when it's a severe uh, addiction that you're trying to, you know, and they have severe withdrawals. But uh, insurance companies really don't pay for more than seven days, typically three to five. But our program is a 10-day program. And what that means then is St. Joseph Medical Center is reaching out to the community, and they're providing three to five days for free because they understand like we understand, like Robert and all intervention all interventionists understand this in the recovery community. You cannot de- detox somebody in three to five days. You cannot do that. Um, even if they just fall off the wagon for a night. I mean, they need more time in detox. And why is that? Because you have to get them into recovery. So the difference between Matthew's Hope and other detox programs, frankly, almost all other detox programs, is we understand that people need to be in our inpatient program for at least 10 days. And so St. Joseph has partnered with 
Matthews Hope Foundation in making sure that the Houston community and beyond has access to proper, appropriate, long-term detox. Now, what do we do? We actually start uh, the the recovery programs that are found in recovery treatment centers, the 30-day centers. We actually start this process on day three of their recovery, of their inpatient stay. So from day three through day 10, they're actually getting ISIS treatment. They're actually getting uh, CBT and CPT. They're actually getting groups, two groups a day for big book studies or celebrate recovery studies. They're getting chapel every day. They're getting recreation every day. They're getting individual therapy, counseling every day. So these clients are getting service uh, with with an intensity and excitement that you know they're they're not in their rooms. I mean they're eating good meals. St. Joseph actually serves wonderful meals. Uh, they really are good. Uh, that's something I personally mandate <laughs> because I like to eat. <laughs> so I like good food. And so um, Annette, as clinical director, will taste the food from time to time, making sure that it is good. Annette, do you want to talk about yeah, that? Yeah, I'd like to talk about the food because actually that's a big question that I get a lot. Mm. The two questions that I often get is, how's the food? So my understanding is, Matthew's Hope, we have our own um, – preparer of our our food and so our food is different and it is much better we do not receive the typical complaints about hospital food that yeah other, actually i have uh, not received a single we don't, complaint in our evaluation 200 patients um the other really good thing about us is i've worked at other treatment programs mm. and and uh, clients will come in and gain 15 20 30 unnecessary pounds mm. And because of our dietitian and, and the, the the balance of nutrition of healthy eating, unless somebody's emaciated or underweight, we typically don't see those large weight gains, which is absolutely wonderful. Another really exciting thing about us is that we do evidence-based treatment. So we are licensed therapists and clinicians. We provide um um, educational groups under a Hazelden curriculum as well as group process and we also do very individualized family work mm. We're, we really support family we know that family works and one of the best things about our program that we hear as far as on satisfaction surveys is that our patients or clients they have their own private rooms. Mm-hmm. They have their own private rooms, their own private bathrooms. So it gives an individual dignity, respect, autonomy with access to 24-7 RN care. And that, that helps our clients that are into the 12-step program, as an example, because they can actually start studying each step. They can actually start beginning their own uh, work uh, on on the twelve step program, and uh, so uh, you know we do combine the best of the best. As Annette said, we use the uh, Betty Ford the Hazelden uh, uh, protocols and uh, and books. These are these are the best. Um, but uh, we don't have any time left in this segment. We're going to come back to Robert and have Robert uh, talk to us about uh, some of the things that he does that that might help you and your family. So don't go away. Hey, I think uh, I was going to...
Welcome back to uh, Relevant Radio, uh, Relevant Recovery Radio. This is Larry Wittekind, uh, your host. Uh, Robert, we were talking about the stages of intervention uh, before I g- got talking about who we are and what we do. I, I do, as just a little segue to, the, to um, uh, what we just talked about, I just want everyone to understand that, that the detox and recovery program at St. Joseph Medical Center is very, very special. And, and this is why, you know, uh, uh, highly noted interventionists like Robert Martinez refer to us because these interventionists and the families that they serve, you know, they are, they are dependent on this detox and recovery experience, this first experience of helping their loved ones, loved ones become sober and stay sober and learn to live a fulfilled life. So I do want to encourage you to consider uh, the Matthews Hope Detox and Recovery Program. And please understand that upon discharge, if your loved one needs another 30 days in residential treatment, uh, a residential treatment center or outpatient program, uh, your insurance will cover that in addition to the detox program, as long as your insurance company covers those benefits, right? So our program will not detract from your ability to have insurance cover additional uh, uh, continued care. So I do want to make sure you understand that. Um, So Robert, uh, let's talk about the stages of intervention and kind of get into that a little bit. Yeah, I'd like to do that. But before I do that, I'd like to say that one thing that Annette brought up earlier that people need to hear is that it's very important to know that y'all have individual rooms for your clients because that's not that's, that's not, not the that's norm. not typical is it it's not no. the norm yeah, there Annette, is thank some you for treatment centers out that. there but that's really important for everybody to know yeah okay yeah, so that, I just wanted to share that yeah. thank you yeah if I and, was if I was needing recovery I definitely would want a private room yeah yes especially when you're detoxing and feeling yeah bad. you're not feeling you're not feeling well yeah, so but at St. Joseph, that's, you get a beautiful private room. Thank yeah. y'all for having me back. Oh, it's good to have it's, you. It's really good to be asked to come back a second time. <laughs> yeah. I will run by real quick the first time for y'all who weren't here, the process of an intervention and how it usually works. I get a, what we call an inquiry call. I talk to the client for 15 or 20 minutes, and then I have to cut it off, and I'll set up a time for them to come into the office or Zoom. And uh, we do an assessment at that time with the significant others of the, the client's family. And we go over all the problems, what's going on, what they're afraid of. Then we pick a treatment team. And I'm going to run through this pretty quick just so we can get to the important stuff, and that's aftercare. So after the uh, inquiry call, the assessment with the family, we pick a team to do the intervention. Then we talk about treatment centers. And then we talk about... Uh, with the clients and the family, we talk about discharge planning and aftercare. That's kind of the order of this. But what I really like to reach out to people to understand that aftercare is, if not more important, as important as being detox and residential treatment. Because when you're in in the treatment center, you're structured. Mm. You have programs that you work from eight to nine. You 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 know what you're doing. You don't have any free time on your hands. So when you get discharged and you go home, it's a different ball game. You do have the tools to stay sober, but it's a different game. You got some people have kids, they gotta take them to school, they gotta bring them back. 
So we need, we talk a whole lot to the family about aftercare. And back in the day, aftercare used to be, and it still is today, but it used to be 90 days, 90 meetings. And that was your aftercare. Mm. That's back just years ago. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and that's 90 12-step meetings, particularly AA. Yes, particularly AA in 90 days. Yep. And then, uh, but now there's so much out there to help us. There's sober living homes. There's outpatient programs. There's uh, what they call uh, PHP programs, partial hospitalizations. And the treatment team, like at Matthew Hopes, they're so experienced and so good, they will recommend a discharge plan for the families. And they work close with the families and with the interventionists. And I'm an advocate for the families. I want to make sure the families are getting everything they need to get. I want to make sure the client is understanding that it's not going into detox. Going into detox and residential is like putting an 18-inch Band-Aid on a bullet wound. Mm. So after, the after part is so, so important. You have to have a sponsor. You have to work the programs. And you need to stay connected with the facility that you were referred from, you need to. Uh, and uh, Matthew Hopes does that very well. Annette Martinez keeps me informed when she can. And uh, and it's just, I really want the parents to understand and the spouses and everybody out there, after care. Mm. If they don't stay connected, they don't go to meetings, they don't have a sponsor, you're going to be calling me back. And we're going to do this again. Right. You're, you're going to be paying twice or three times or even more for intervention yes. over and over again. Yeah. And, and, and Annette, what do we call our aftercare at Matthew's Hope? So we call our aftercare, which is anywhere from one to two years post-discharge, we call it our RST uh, program, which is a reco- our recovery support team. Yeah. And we have recovery coaches and clinicians that are a part of that particular program. And we're available and clients have access to us and we can provide groups, educations. We have um, field trips. We do activities. Um, One of the the things that our recovery um, support team does really well It's prior to discharge, our team engages with clients to promote a continuity of care. And so um, we'll help clients find a particular meeting that Mm. supports their needs. Uh, We strongly support AA, but if a particular Mm -hmm. client wants celebrate recovery, Mm -hmm. we can support that too. We can help clients reconnect with their churches or pastors if that's something that they want. Yeah, um, we, we, we strongly encourage that if, if they want that. Correct. We yes. So we yeah. individualize it based on cli- sometimes not client want, but client needs. We try right. to individualize it and we try to always include family as well. Uh, we typically recommend Al-Anon or ACOA for family members, which is adult children of alcoholics. And Annette, you've started an, an alumni program and it seems to be going pretty well. Correct. Uh, Our recovery support team mm -hmm. has started an alumni program, and they are so excited because of the engagement. And um, what's happened is is that we have uh, older alumni who are now supporting newer uh, graduates in their own recovery. Isn't that wonderful? 
Yeah, yeah it's yes, very exciting. Good. It's yeah, very yeah. exciting. We we actually have uh, one or two clients now. You know, we only started this in November of last year, so we're not very old yet. And we already have um, one or two clients uh, in our recovery support team uh, who have actually finished the 12-step program. Fantastic. They finished it, yeah, and doing very well, and now sponsoring a sponsee, sponsoring right. another another right. person in recovery. Right, yeah. yeah. So That's so com- exciting. It is exciting. <laughs> so they've completed their 12 steps, yeah. but we'll continue to engage, of yes. course, in the program. Oh, yes. And may repeat the steps a number of different times with maybe a never, maybe with one sponsor or a number of you different You know, it's really That's good right. to to work your steps over after two or three years because we still get bad habits. Yes, we might be sober, yes. but we get bad habits, you know. <laughs> they seem to creep back in, yeah. don't they? they yeah. <laughs> bad habit can creep back so, in. <laughs> uh, I'm glad to hear that y'all are doing that. I'm excited. You know, another thing I like to touch base on, we all expect the addict to change. We put him in a program. He's going to be good. But how about the family? Yeah. We need to change also. Oh, boy, that's so important. It's oh so, so important because we have so many enablers. I'm one of the worst. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Enabling? Yeah, what does enabler mean? Hearing the good thing that your son is telling you, that you take what they say, the good things they say, and believe them. And you buy them. <laughs> Man, and you, I did that. Yeah. <laughs> I did that. I felt like such a fool afterward. Yeah, oh my, let's say we've got a commercial break, but we're going to come back to what a fool I thought I I felt. (laughs) Enabling. That is so difficult. (laughs) And we're going to come back to that. Uh, Welcome back to Relevant Recovery Radio. Uh, this is Larry Wittekind, your host of Matthew's Hope Foundation. With me again today are Annette Martinez and Robert Martinez. And uh, uh, as you know, Annette is our clinical director of our Matthew's Hope Detox and Recovery Program at St. Joseph. Yeah, and and uh, Robert Martinez uh, uh, runs a separate uh, not-for-profit, and uh, and uh, he's been doing this for like 30 30 plus years. And but uh, Robert's Robert has the most fun uh, doing intervention. It's very challenging, but it's fun for him because he sees results. It's all about, it's like me mowing my yard and it goes from, you know, wild and woolly to manicured and nice. And, you know, I have a good feeling, you know, uh, it's it's really that kind of a thing on a deeper level because we're dealing with human beings, right? And so, and this is why I do what I do with Matthew's Hope. Because we just want to help people recover from their their alcohol or substance use dependency. We want to get them over their addiction and into long-term sobriety. But, you know, the problem, families are very important to long-term sobriety. But families unwittingly enable their loved ones to continue their addiction, their dependency. They think they're helping their loved ones get over it, but they're not. Correct. And that's what we call enabling. And Robert was really getting into um, (laughs) how all of us have to learn how to not enable our loved one, and how to give tough love. Uh, but I'm not the authority. Robert is. So, Robert, hey, we just, we just kind of talk yeah, about Yeah, I, I yeah, would like to talk about, about enabling that. a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, just about, I would say, God, at least 99% of people that are using and abusing have an enabler. 
and that person could be mom, could be dad, it could be an aunt, an uncle, a grandparent, that they feel sorry for us or bad or sad or they say in their mind, he wasn't or she wasn't raised that way, so I'll help them. And they'll give us money or they'll let us borrow a car. And or we'll ask to borrow money knowing we're never going to pay it back. (laughs) (laughs) Or we ask to borrow a car and never bring the car back. But enablers are, they need to be educated. That happened to me, by the way, with my (laughs) younger son. (laughs) That happened to me with my son, too. That's why I'm talking about it. (laughs) He just borrowed it for a month. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all bring it back in a couple hours. No worries. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. How are they going to bring it back? We don't know. But we have to educate the the family, the enablers, and it's not a bad thing. It's an education thing mm-hmm. because most people that enable they're, they're coming from their heart, mm-hmm. but they're not understanding that they're making it easier for the addict to get what he needs or she Absolutely. needs. Right, and so and we, listen, you know, guys, if you don't know this already, addicts lie. Oh, they yes. just lie. It yes. becomes a way of life because they need their drug or they need the alcohol. They they just lie. And so when they tell you a story and you know that they're under the influence of a substance or alcohol, you must first disbelieve. <laughs> Am that's I correct, right. Robert? When no, I work with families in our family program, um, one of the things that that I always recommend to the family is trust behaviors, trust actions, especially in the beginning, the first three months, six months, maybe nine months or a year. Or a year. But trust actions and behaviors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Don't trust the words. Yeah. Don't trust the words. Right. Yeah. Correct. So that is such a perfect definition of how not to be an enabler. Trust the actions and the behaviors. Right. But it's hard to right. do. Because and our don't hearts give money. In the game. Our you know, heart yeah. is in the game. Our of heart's course. in the game. You know, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna share something with y'all that my dad told me when I lost my dad a couple of years ago, and we were best of buds. Mm. And I was like 25, and I was into my disease. Mm. And he, I, I forget what the conversation was about, but he looked at me and he goes, "Son, I love you so much, but I need to tell you something." So I'm here scratching my head. You know, I said, "What's coming? What you know? What what am I doing bad?" Uh, and he said, you know, you will lie mm. even if the truth is better than the lie. Mm. And that has stayed with me my whole life. Oh, my gosh. That that was probably devastating to hear. It, well, it was. Yeah. But at the time, I was yeah, well, you're I was still sick in your and addiction. using and yeah, abusing. Yeah, yeah. So your I just agreed with him control. and got 20 bucks from him and left. You know? <laughs> but, but think about that for a little bit. But he gave it. So... He knew you were lying, and yes. he still gave you $20. Yes. See, this is how hard it is yes. to stop being enabler. It Honestly, stopping your, your enabling right. stop, is, is almost as difficult as stopping your drinking. Absolutely. And this is why Al-Anon is so important for parents. Absolutely, yes. and support. Yeah. And one of the, maybe it's kind of a cliche, but with working with families, and I am the family member of as well, is that um, is we can love our family members to literal death. Oh, yes. And so rather we think and we hope that we're helping them and saving their life, and but what we're doing is that we're enabling them to keep using, and, and they're dying. And when yeah. I work with family members, after we've been together a little while, 
I'll ask them, what is your number one fear? And the answer I always get back is, my son or daughter or wife or husband is going to die. My number one fear is their death. And so somehow for the family member, it justifies all of this giving and doing and staying up at night and making phone calls and calling judges and calling police departments. And it justifies all of that because the ultimate fear is death. And then we as family sometimes somehow convince ourselves that we have the power to control and, and we don't. fix whether our loved one lives or die. Mm. And that is such a lie. It yes, is it such is. a lie. You know, I want to. Oh, I learned that, that personally. I want to oh, yeah. say a few things off of that. And enable people that enable, they're very scared, like you said, that they're going to die. So what I try to educate the families and tell them, because I have lost my, I lost a son and mm-hmm. brothers and family members, uncles, aunts. Yeah. You can love them to death because mm-hmm. that's what we think we're doing. We're loving them to death. Or you can love them to health. Mm-hmm. So, And when it comes time to love them to health, if the family, we the family, do not change our behavior about their behavior, they're never going to get healthy. Absolutely. Never going to get healthy. So we have to, that's why I'm a family advocate. Yes, I want that client to go to treatment. Yes, I want the family to get all the tools they need from the treatment mm-hmm. centers. Mm-hmm. That's why when I'm working mm-hmm. with Annette, she knows, oh, hell, I'm going to get 10 calls a day. <laughs> <laughs> but half of the time, eight of them calls are good calls, you know? <laughs> so Sometimes. It, yes. It's just so important because if we don't educate the family, the addict is going to go back to using Mm-hmm. Gosh, yes, yes, and that's and it, and it is so so important. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad to hear that y'all are doing the programs y'all are doing. The family program is so important in a treatment center. Absolutely, and I know it's hard with the pandemic, with COVID, but Zoom, 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 Zoom. Get the family involved. Right, right. Educate them. Right. I get I always tell families certain books I like for the families to read. And and sometimes if if I feel that the enabler's not getting it or I don't trust them, I will say, save your money. Don't do the intervention. Because if you don't want to read a book to help you not be an enabler, you're not going to change your behavior. So you're wasting yeah. money and time. Yeah, what you're saying really is, and this is so absolutely true, folks, if you, the family, are not willing to actually enter the recovery program yourself because honestly the, you know we said this before in this show several times it's not just the person in your family that is addicted to a substance that needs to be in the program the entire family that surrounds this person has to be in the program too the yes. recovery program and joining Alanon is a really good start hiring an interventionist is a really good start right because you need someone to guide you I made so many mistakes as I was raising uh, my two sons. So many mistakes. And by the grace of God, uh, my older son is doing very, very well. And, you know, uh, it's also the grace of God that Matthew uh, went to see his maker uh, because 
I, you know, I've never said this on the show before. I'm going to try to say it, but uh, it's difficult. But at the memorial service, all of Matthew's friends showed up. I mean, they filled, I don't know how many pews. It must have been 10 pews in this large church. As I'm, as I'm giving my, my uh, uh, what do you call it, the, your, my eulogy, uh, and I spent quite a bit of time doing this because Matthew and I were so close. Um, like Robert said, we were buddies also. He died when he was 24 and a half. Um, I looked out on the crowd, and there were, there were 100 of his friends. And I found out from fathers after the memorial service that every one of his friends turned around. His best friend stopped multiple substances, cold turkey, and actually ended up going to college and now has a beautiful job and he's reunited with his father and his mother. And this only happened because of Matthew's passing and many other wonderful things happened, including Matthew's Hope Foundation. So my son Matthew is in a very good place. I know that for a fact. Um, and I miss him terribly. But you know what? God is in control. God is in control. And we're going to come back to that concept uh, in in our next segment. Uh, Please don't go away, folks. Welcome back to Relevant Recovery Radio. And uh, Annette Annette Martinez and Robert Martinez are with us today, and we're talking about uh, enablers and how to avoid being an enabler and how important you are as family to the recovery program. Uh, And... uh, you know, it just dawned on me that we haven't given you Robert Martinez's phone number. Uh, you know, he runs Gift of Recovery. And that you want to tell Absolutely. the folks? Absolutely. And, and he does answer his phone. So I can tell you his number is, uh, Robert Martinez's direct number is 281-850-4708. 281-850-4708. And so I'd like to now inter- reintroduce Robert we were talking about enabling and a particular example of a family that he's working with. And I'd love for you to hear about what he has to say. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much. Again, thank you all for having me back. It really means a lot to me. Uh, you know, I am working with a family now. It's very close. And we did the assessment part and definitely needs help. She definitely needs help. But it comes to find out that the mom needs help also because I asked the mom, I said, Mom, let's talk about consequences. What can we do to make things different for her? She goes, well, I don't know. And I said, well, tell me a little bit about her. Where does she live? Does she, what does she drive? Does she have a car? Most people at that stage don't even have a vehicle. She goes, well, I pay for her car. We pay for her apartment. We pay for her light. Pay for her groceries. And I forgot what, oh, they pay for, to have her nails done because she likes to have her nails done. <laughs> and, I, and I told mom, I said, mom, I, I'd love to help you with this, but that's enabling. Yeah. She, says, she says, what do you want me to do? I said, get rid of everything. And she says, well, how will she get around? So what? How does she get around? She don't. Right, right. She doesn't have the money right. to buy a car. She's 33. She's young, educated, graduated from A&M. Oh my goodness! Graduated from A and M. Yeah, so I think so. It doesn't discriminate. The, yeah, the could, addiction could, does not. And she's no. thirty-three years old. She could definitely get a job. Thank you. With a, with a degree from A and M. Yes. But oh my goodness! Mom yeah. is afraid to take everything away because what will she do? Yeah. I said, educate yourself, mom. Right. You get help because you can either love her to health, 
mm-hmm. or love her to death. Right. And she's definitely loving her to death. And she no said, question. Well, she asked me, now I want you all to hear this. She said, well, could you do that? I said, I'm so glad you asked me that question. <laughs> <Did> she she <laughs> really asked that question. I had to do That's that to great. my son. Yes, of course. Yeah. And he lived had, the I last had, three yeah. years of his life. Yeah. He was sober. I had to do that so, to both of my sons. Isn't that, it, that's crazy. But yes. she wanted to know if I'd do yes. it to my own. Yes. yes. They did it to me, and I'll do it yeah. to them. Yeah. So Absolutely. I'm just letting y'all know that's enabling mm-hmm. right there. Mm-hmm. So, But I'm going to yeah. keep working with her and hope to God we can help her and help her daughter. Yeah. yeah. My, my older son is alive and doing so well today with a beautiful family. I've got three <laughs> beautiful grandkids. But it's because I exercise tough love. I loved him to health. He and I talked about it just the other day. And, uh, boy, it was the toughest time in my life. Oh, Yes, it is. Yes. It's yes. very hard. It's very hard. But it's the difference between life or death in your children. Mm-hmm. It is. It's, it's, it's more than that. It's the difference between life and death. And the life can be wonderful, right? Yep. I mean, Absolutely. my life is now blessed because my son is blessed and his family. Yes. And so I now have three three grandchildren that I would not have if I had loved him to death. Absolutely. And initially your loved one will not like the family changes. Right. They will not appreciate the boundaries. They That's will right. not appreciate the saying no. Mm-hmm. Um, they will resist that. And 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 I think that's one of the things that makes it so difficult for family members is that the fear of not being loved or liked or wanted. Or, and, you know, I'd have to say this, and I don't mean to cut mm-hmm. you off, or the fear of the phone ringing after a certain time at night. Oh, my gosh. It's oh, a tri- yeah, trigger. Yes, you know, yes, uh, yes. get a call at 1130, 12 o'clock at night. You know, I'd look at my wife and say, is this the call? Is this the call? Right. Is this the call? I can totally you know? relate. So, yes. and, and I know you yes. can relate to that. Oh. So it's good to be able to sleep. Absolutely, be able to sleep. Absolutely. Yeah, it really is. Yes, Yes, it's real good. Oh, it's so so good, yes. If I could mention this while we were talking, I was thinking about different family members and different clients that we've worked with who have come in, who have been working with providers. Some of them for a number of years have been working with different providers. And so what I suggest and ask for family members as well as for your loved one is that when you're working with say clinicians or therapists or psychiatrists I would beg of you to uh, work with individuals who are trained and understand substance use disorder it, t- it puts a whole different entire spin um, a different element on what's going on and if your provider is not trained and does not understand substance use disorder or substance use disorders in families um sometimes i mean the 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 entire assessment can be incorrect you know medications sometimes get prescribed that are 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 miss uh, Mm -hmm. miss provided because the understanding that there's a substance use disorder is yeah. not part of the se- assessment. Well, and this, this happens a lot. Uh, I run a company called Integrant Health, and our preferred, our, our, our primary care providers uh, are family physicians, internists, obstetrics, all, all of these different professions that see our patients. Um, they often make the mistake of not identifying the addiction. 
They often, and these are good doctors. Absolutely. These are good doctors, and they will they will not identify the addiction because it's just that they don't understand how important it is to, to actually do that assessment, right? And, I mean, they'll do a psychological assessment or a depression assessment, but they're ignoring the root cause. Absolutely. Right? And oftentimes the person that's receiving the assessment will give false information. Oh, oh, oh automatically. Right? Minimize, deny. <laughs> automatically. Um, they, they don't want to talk about yeah, the drinking Yeah, yeah. so it's, <laughs> yeah. I'm depressed, yeah. I can't sleep, but yeah. they failed to mention that they were up yeah. for four days doing crack cocaine <laughs> or something. Right, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't know why I'm losing weight, doctor. I, I can't, I don't understand it. But, but you know, when they're, when they're throwing up after each meal because of their disease, but, you know, but, this is the way it is. You know, people want a doctor to solve their problems without changing their own behavior. Correct. Right? You know, they, they, they don't want to change their own behavior, but they want the doctor to solve their problems. Right? Yep, that's right. Yeah. So at Matthew's Hope, we, we're, we're trying to get to the root problem right. Right. <laughs> and trying to solve that first. Yeah, so important. Yeah, uh, Robert, thank you for that story, though. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a graphic story about how family members – are actually not just enabling the disease, but they're growing the disease. Yes. They're making the disease worse. And they're not bad people. They're just no, not educated on love, the disease. They're, they're trying it. to love you know, their people. Right. And can you imagine the frustration that that mom feels? That's right. You know, she, she is just watching her, th- her 33-year-old daughter just gradually decay, and she doesn't know what to do about it. Yeah. So you know, maybe you've helped her. And it's funny because her, see mom, it in a different her mom told me, she says, I didn't raise my kids that way. Mm. You ask my mom, she'll tell you the same thing. Different lifestyle, di- you know, different time sure, sure. In, in life. But my kids weren't raised that way. Yeah. And they're not. None right, of us were right. raised that no, way. Right. No, right. So right. it kills parents mm-hmm. to admit it, that it's a problem that it's and a that problem. they're adding to, they're adding to it. Yes. Yeah. Now, maybe they yeah. weren't raised that way, but the problem is that disease occurred, that addiction disease occurred, <laughs> right? And, and you know, alcoholism is a disease. You know, people on, you know, addicted to opioids is a disease. What's interesting about opioids is they're often a victim of prescriptive medicine, mm-hmm. you know, uh, abusive prescriptive medicine yes uh with alcoholism it's it's often different it's self-medicating and things like that from trauma but uh and other substances as well but but the bottom line as a family member you can help you can actually be a part of the solution the solution of loving them to health through tough love understanding that your addicted loved one is going to lie to you constantly right and understanding that you know maybe hiring an interventionist is a really good idea Right, get some outside help, some expert help. So, anyway, this is Larry Wittekind, your host for Matthews Hope Foundation. Thank you for tuning in today. Give us a call anytime, 844-263-4673, 844-AND-HOPE. Or call Robert Martinez, and his number is Robert? 281-850-4708. Robert, thank you for joining us. Good to have you back. Thank you very much.